This is The Grid, presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. When you find yourself needing a roof repair and are looking for a roofing company, American Shield Roofing and Construction is happy to meet your needs. When dealing with a roofing company, you need a roof contractor who is dependable, who can arrive on time, and provide you a quality new roof in a timely manner. Our goal is to present you with honest, accurate information, quotes, and estimates. Call us at 361-343-7018 or visit us at AmericanShieldRoofing.com. Proud title sponsor of the 2021-2022 Victoria Advocate Varsity Cup Awards. Welcome into episode 15 of The Grid. I'm your host, Sam Fowler, the assistant sports editor at the Victoria Advocate, joined as always by... The legend Mike Foreman, the sports editor here at The Advocate, as well as sports reporter Jeremiah Sosa. But we we want to hear from you. I mean, we're busy and we're running around all all across this great state that we call Texas covering high school football. But we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter, or email. On Facebook, you can reach us through the Victoria Advocate page or the Advo Sports page. Twitter, our handle is at Advo Sports, and our email is sports at vigad.com. Well, some games happened last week on Thanksgiving, and some some blowouts that maybe weren't necessarily expected, but regardless, we're going to have five games this week, including a massive one between Refurio and Shiner. We're going to get to that later. Let's kind of touch on what happened last week. I mean, Ganado and Flatonia, they were always going up against the eight ball. Ganado facing Refurio up at San Antonio Hero Stadium and Flatonia against Shiner in Hallettsville. Refurio comes out with a 53-7 win. Shiner comes out with a 45-7 win. We'll, we'll touch on Refurio and Shiner a little later as those two are meeting up once again in the playoffs for, and for the second time this season. It was also the end of the season for Calhoun, which lost 51 to nothing against Bernie. That Bernie team just looks really, really good. They are one, one of the top teams in the state for a reason. And Industrial, they fell 42-17 to Lano, and that was a game that was decided right out of the gate in the second half. Uh, we'll touch on all of those. I mean... Mike Canedo kind of had everything that, or the biggest thing that it needed to have happen, and that was Kyle Burrish Guerrero staying healthy. But in the end, it's still not enough, and that that revamped Refurio offense had its way with with Ganado, uh to get back to the regional final. Um, you look at this year for Ganado, I know it's not necessarily what they want, but you know. Somehow you got to find a way to hang your hat uh, on this season and and get past that that loss that that to Refurio for what a third third straight year for them in the in the regional semifinal. Just what's the biggest takeaway from Ganado this season? I mean they're back they're back there. It's another successful season by many many standards. Well, this is uh, was Josh Irvin's first season as head coach in Ganado. Granted, he was there as the OC before. But if you look at the season, uh, technically they had four losses, two to Refurio, one to Shiner, one to a good Three Rivers team. 
So uh, they should be pleased. They made progress, and and actually in that uh, game against Refurio, the they went to uh, halftime only trailing twelve to seven. So uh, they had a good scheme. They had drawn things up. Um, the Refurio coaches praised uh, Ganado, and they said uh, Ganado had two really has two really good uh, defensive ends. One of them, uh, Kyle Burris Guerrero, of course. And uh, they had a good scheme, and then uh, Refurio kind of woke up in the second half. But uh, I think Ganado should be pleased with the season it had. I mean, uh, it it made it, you know, to the uh, regional semifinals in, the, in a region where you have some of the best teams in the state. So, uh, and I thought Josh Irvin did a really good job for that. And uh, what can you say about Kyle Bursch Guerrero? I mean, that guy has played for four years for Ganado. He's done an excellent job. Um, I, I was told after the game he has no offers, which kind of shocks me. I thought, you know, especially at a defensive end, linebacker, somewhere like that, he could play. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily D1, but D2 or D3 level he can play. So we'll see. I, I'm hoping that he'll get something. But overall, I really think uh, Ganado should be pleased with its season. I know I've got a couple of good college coaching contacts who they need to, they need to go get on Colin Bershkaro. I mean, not only does a kid play well and play hard, but he, he is such a good kid and he, he – he put he put his all into that into that program for four years, and he he's definitely a guy that would that would do well at the next level. Certainly at D two level, you know, at Kingsville, and Angelo State, West Texas A and M, somewhere around there, he would he would thrive really really well with him. Then it, once again, it was the Dalton Brooks show, and and a forty five to seven win for the Comanches over Flatonia to advance to the regional final to face Refurio. Once again, I mean, I don't think we need to touch on that too much, but or at least the Shiner side. But Flatonia again, another an, a really really good year for them, and them. You wrote a column about it. They made the most out, out of out of this realignment, and it certainly sets up the Bulldogs well going into next year. Just where can the Bulldogs go from here? The Bulldogs, they're going to have some rebuilding to do because they lose a lot of seniors. Uh, so that will be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, thought they did a great job this season. Um, their only loss before that game against uh, Shiner was to Hallettsville. So they had they had a really good season. They did a good job. And, I, you know, I, I still think that they're probably saying, darn, I wish it hadn't rained. Because let's face it, when you throw the ball as much, that had to hurt them. I'm not saying that, that they would have beaten Shiner. I don't think that would have happened. But I think it might have been a more competitive game, and I'm sure Flatonia feels that way too. Then up in Jordanton, uh, the miracle season ended for Calhoun. I mean, what a what a story that is. I mean, you go 0-7 and, and find yourself in the third round of the playoffs, that's Certainly going to wash away any sour taste in in your mouth after having to deal with all that adversity in the beginning of the season. But like we said, fifty-one nothing, Bernie wins. Jeremiah, how tough was that Bernie offense? And in your story, you said you mentioned the kind of Calhoun felt 
it hadn't prepared its best for this game, you know, how could you see that? And and how detrimental was that against the Bernie team that's able to be explosive like it is? Yeah, well, you know, uh, right after the game was over, uh, you know, Coach Whitaker, he was you know talking to his team, and he's the one who who said that that he didn't believe that his team, uh, you know, prepared prepared well enough on on that Tuesday uh, prior to the game, and you know, going up against a team like Bernie, you have to you have to spend you know pretty pretty much every day preparing 100 percent for for a team like that. You look at the the Bays brothers who. You know, uh, you know, quarterback Jackson uh, Jackson Bays. He connected with his brother um, for for a lot of yards, and you know, just just uh, for for Calhoun's offense, um, you could tell there was there was a few mistakes that they made. You know, fumbles here and there, um, but I mean, it was just, yeah, like like kind of Sam said, it was just an overall tough game for them, losing fifty one to zero. You know, uh, Bernie's offense. You know, they they ran the ball well and and threw it, and you know, it was pretty evident that uh, Calhoun was potentially outmatched, you know, from that first drive where, uh, you know, the Greyhounds just drove down the field on uh, to get that first touchdown. But, yeah, kind of like Sam said, you know, uh, tough tough way to lose the season. But um, but like he said, it was, it was pretty much a, a unlikely that they that they made it that far. And, you know, for them to start the season 0-7 and then, you know, g- uh, go and, you know, win in the first round and then beat Canyon Lake and, you know, make it to the regional semifinals, it's, it's a pretty big accomplishment. And like Sam said, you know, I don't think any anyone uh, on that team should feel down about what what they did this season. And you know, looking forward to next season, they have uh, you know quite quite a bit of young guys coming back. I know they lose uh, Tony Hensley, which is one of their best uh, you know most athletic running backs. But um, you know, Whitaker and uh, and the Calhoun Sandcrabs, they sh- they should uh, you know be looking forward to to doing it again next season. Then at Legacy Stadium in Katy, Cuero. Cruise to a 39-14 win over Hampshire Finette. And we mentioned the rain, and this game was delayed for almost an hour. It was There was actually a distinct possibility that this game was going to get pushed to Saturday, talking to head coach Jared Fikach after the game. Um, the radar didn't look, didn't look great, and everyone was sitting there thinking, well, what do we do? We because we've talked about it before the the struggle to get officials, the struggle to get uh, everybody that you need to put on a game, especially one where so many people travel like Quero did for that game. It's tough, and you got to make those decisions quick. Well, the game ended up being played, and well, th- this game was lit ablaze immediately with a long kickoff return that eventually set up. A touchdown run by Tyson Williams. Five play or yeah, five plays later, he ended up he ended up finishing with three touchdowns and 96 yards. Zyler Jones had 125 yards and a touchdown on nine carries. As Quero racked up uh, 436 yards of total offense. Mike 300 came on the ground. Quero, you you have talked about it, and this was the first time I got to see it. Quero certainly is a team that can evolve and play as needed. It was pouring down rain. I felt so bad for our photographer, Dewey Vu, because before the game, he texted me and he goes, because he's, he's coming back from Thanksgiving. He's driving straight there. And he said he had forgotten his raincoat. Thank goodness that that's one of the number one things I always try to account for is rain. I had one and he was, we were able to do that. We were able to, cover it but it was 
pouring down rain and Quero was able with its running game it was able to it was able to do exactly what it needed to and I mean, Mason Natar also had a couple of touchdowns. They're going to advance to face another uh, Golden Triangle team in Silsby this week. A little more on that in a little bit. Well, it's time to take a break and hear a word from White Trash Services before we get to previews for the regional finals. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ... White Trash Services, what is it, and and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off companies. And, you know, y'all are are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361 550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. Well, Sam and I were, were talking earlier this week, and we both talked about the fact that we have so many teams still playing in the regional final. We have five teams playing four games. Uh, that's very unusual for this time of year. It's it's also a great thing, and it shows that a lot of teams are doing very well. Um, the first game we're going to get to is Edna versus Lano, which uh, – both of us kind of saw games with involving those teams. I saw Lano defeat Industrial, and um, I believe – no, Sam, you didn't see Edna last week. You saw him the week before. But uh, anyways, we got Edna and Lano. And first, I'll go over Lano a little bit and let Sam talk about Edna since he was out there this week. Uh, Lano is a very disciplined uh team that executes very well what it wants to do the quarterback is a coach's son he's a very accurate passer um and it hurt industrial with some passes that uh that that created big plays of course the biggest uh, situation was when uh lano scores turns around gets a pooch kick recovers it and turns around scores again all of a sudden, a game that was tied is now a 14-point game, and that kind of was really pretty much the end. But um, from my perspective, uh, I would say that Edna is much better athletically than Lano, but Edna is going to have to play a clean game. They can't make mistakes, and I think Sam would probably agree with me after watching him last week or the week before. Yeah, a few weeks back, I, I mean, I've seen this team, and we've talked. I mean, talking to Jimmy Mitchell, he'll he's going to shoot you straight. He's always going to tell you what what needs to happen if he feels his team's doing well, and he's very, very, 
he's rightfully critical. He wants this team to be perfect, and they certainly they certainly can push that threshold. One of the things he said, they've had four touchdowns called back in the playoffs, and they're still playing. That should tell you something about how dangerous this Edna team is if they can get that going. Last week against last week in that win over Blanco, they had ten penalties for 110 yards. They still won. They still won that game. They had over 400 yards of total offense in that game. This Edna team, if it can stop shooting itself in the foot, can go out and compete, and they're going to have to. This this week is. We talked about it a, a, a couple weeks back. Edna has possibly the toughest road to get to state out of anyone in our region because that first game against Lyford was that was easy, but then they had to then they had to go play Randolph, who was physical and held them to sixteen points. Then they had to go play Blanco, who you know Jamie Dixon knows knows Jimmy Mitchell well and and. Those two, that certainly makes it interesting. Now you got to go play Delano, who's possibly one of the most disciplined teams in the state. And then, oh, waiting on the other side is the winner of Franklin and Columbus to for the right to go to state. It's tough, and Edna has to play disciplined. Edna has to focus on the little details, and the players know it. Uh, talking to Kevin Robinson and talking to quarterback Jaden Clay, they know how important it is to make sure that every little detail is right for them this week. Because if not, their season's going to end. And and they're happy that they've gotten around, uh, gotten over that third round hump. But they're not happy with with their season possibly e- ending here. So they want they want to make sure that they play the most the most detail oriented game possible. Mike, you and I are going to be at that game. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff Thursday at San Marcos Rattler Stadium. Edna versus the Olano Yellow Jackets. Man, I do love the I do love the hill country scenery though. That is that's a beautiful part of the state. Next game we're gonna look at. Jeremiah is gonna be there at NRG Stadium. This might be the best game that has happened at NRG Stadium this year. Actually, there might be some other high school games that are pretty good, but you get the point. The Houston Texans do not play well, so any game is better than that. Quero travel traveling to face Silsby for the right to go to the state semifinals. Quero twelve and one, Silsby thirteen and zero. One thirty p.m. kickoff Friday. I'm going to start this off with a tidbit because the focus is going to be on the defense as always. It, it it always is. We've talked about this defense. Watching that game against Hampshire Finette, there were some coaches up in the press box watching. You know, it was Thanksgiving. Some of these coaches have their have their kids, or uh, whether they're little kids or or adult kids who are now coaching as well. They're all going and they're watching football. They're enjoying the. That's how they enjoy Thanksgiving. And they were asking me some questions about Quero and if the and how good this team was. And I told him, yeah, they're really good. Their offense is um, is certainly good, but you got to watch this defense. This defense is really good. Oh, cool. Who are some of the players to watch? I said, number four, Sean Burks. First play from scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball. What does the six foot two hundred and five pound linebacker do? Comes in, throws down the hamstring, 
running back for a five-yard loss to open the game and set the tone, and that put Hampshire Finette on its heels the the whole game. And they eventually settled down, and they were able to do some good things, but that set the tone. And that's what they're going to have to do again this week against the Silsby team. That is certainly very, very athletic. Jeremiah, you look at this, how important is Burke's play as well as the entire defense going to be against a Silsby team that can really go out and, and, and light up a scoreboard? Yeah, I believe that, you know, the defense is, uh, you know, Quarrel's defense play this week is going to be, you know, very important. You look at uh, Silsby's offense and they scored just about 45 points per game. And, you know, uh, you look at their, their quarterback and, uh, you know, they have a quarterback and wide receiver connection from uh, Mason Brisbane, which is the quarterback, and then um, you know, the wide receiver, Dre, Draylon Miller. And, you know, those two have, you know, connected pretty much, uh, you know, every game throughout the entire season. I think Miller averages about 100 yards uh, per game receiving. So, you know, uh, Quero's defense is going to have their hands full with, with Miller, you know, as far as uh, defensive backs. And, you know, they, they have a solid game, uh, solid rushing game as well. So, you know, uh, you know uh, Sean Birch is going to have, to, to, to try to clog up that that lane in the middle, and you know, you look at Quarrel's offense, and you know, obviously uh, they had a big big win last week uh, against Hampshire Finette. Um And I'm not I'm not too too much worried about their offense. You know, obviously Mason Nataro is gonna have gonna do what he does. You know, throwing the ball around to to Zyla Jones, and then you know Tyson Williams is gonna you know run the ball uh, you know up the middle. So I'm not too too much worried about you know what the offense can do. It, it's really going to come down to to Quarrel's defense and how they're going to try to slow down, you know this uh, this passing this passing attack along with their you know their their solid rushing attack as well. Well, later on in our show, we're going to talk about we're going to look back at our first episode where we highlighted some dark horses how the how those teams fared, and well, we were kind of spot on with with a few of them, and there actually a lot of them. A lot of them had good seasons, um, but one of those is Tidehaven who will face Poth at 7 p.m. Friday at Texas State's Bobcat Stadium. The Tigers have a chance here, Mike, to snap a 41-year-old drought without a semifinal trip. This is the first time since 18 that they've made that the Tigers have made it to the regional final, but the way they've played this year and the and the way they've just built on with the with, with the growth of Kale Russell and everything, you know, this Tiger team certainly has a chance against Poth. I mean, Poth is really good. We we know what Coach Luna does. He has that team always uh, dialed in year in and year out. But, you know, Tidehaven's got a shot here, and, and if they do, we talked about it. This is a favor, favorable route for whoever wins this game to, to potentially get to Arlington. Right. Uh, Tidehaven has really come on. Uh, early in the year, you know, their losses were to Goliad and Industrial, both 3A teams, Division One. Uh, they've come on a lot. You know, you figure that, though. I mean, they have a, a freshman quarterback, Kale Russell. They have a running back, uh, Joseph Dodds, who, who was hurt earlier in the season. In fact, I think he didn't play much in the game you saw with Industrial. But, you know, now he's running – and then to Sean Davis, that guy has – his stats are incredible. I mean, I think he's at around 1,400 receiving yards and nine interceptions. I mean, that that's just amazing to me. And, uh, 
Of course, Coach Lucio does a good job. Uh, both this is a rematch from last year's regional semifinal, and Poth beat them by 13 points. So uh, the question is, you know, I'm sure Poth is just as good as last year, but I think Tideman is better. And uh, like you said, the winner of this game would get either Newton or Gilmer Harmony, I believe. But then, of course, uh, waiting in the wings is probably Canadian. Uh, we all know about Canadian, but they're, they're quite. But, you know, you never know. You want to get there and see what happens. Yeah, Canadian's one of those one of those programs that, much like Shiner or Furio, they just churn out athletes year in and year out. If you're not playing into December, it feels like a it feels like a lost year for them. Well, I think there's a big game this week again. Uh, Shiner won, Refurio won. That means they're going to meet at 7 p.m. Well, they're going to be in San Marcos as well. 7 p.m. Friday at Rattler Stadium. Mike, it's winner go home. Nuff said this. It feels like these two teams have kind of been shadow boxing each other and in getting to this point where they look very, very similar and they look very, very evenly matched. And it was like that in their, in their district matchup, Refugio was able to pull away a little bit late and, and, and make that score look a lot more distance than it, than it actually was on the field. But here we go again. We've, you've, We've seen both teams be able to run the ball really well through the trio for the for the Bobcats with Zion Bland, Jordan King, and um, yeah, yeah, Caleb Brown. That's that's who I was. I forgot that name. My apologies, Caleb. And then of course you know who Shiner's going to go to, and it's going to be Dalton Brooks. Mike, I think the biggest thing in this game has been will be. Shiner's ability to deviate from what has been so successful for it in the playoffs. They haven't had to change anything. You hand the ball off to Dalton Brooks, he's going to go rush for 200-plus for yards and four or five touchdowns. But they're going to have to mix it up because if you want to have success with Brooks because you're going to – he's the guy that you've got to give it to if, if you want to win. But to do that and to, and to force Refurio to play honest, they're going to have to they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit, and we've seen him – uh, engage the tight end and and let him let them get out and and have success that way, forcing teams to play honest and that that opens up the holes for the running game. How important is that going to be against this Refugio team? And how difficult is that going to be with how familiar these two teams are? Well, you're right. Uh, these two teams know each other backwards and forwards, so uh, there'd be very few surprises. Coach might slip in a play here or two that will fool somebody, but for the most part, they know each other. Uh, this, to me, this game's going to come down to the uh, the front, the defensive and offensive lines. Whoever controls the line of scrimmage should win this game. Last game, it was Refurio that did a better job up front and was able to uh to win in the end now the x factor of course is dalton brooks i mean he's every bit as good as everybody says he is and he can break open a game by himself and that's refurio's challenge is to keep him from doing that now shiner i'm sure they'll do some things they probably they did before they'll split him out they'll do all kinds of things to try 
and uh, either get him in space or use him as a kind of decoy to open things up for other people. Refurio, um, what they'd like to do a little bit better, I think they were a little disappointed in their passing game in the first the first meeting. Uh, when you rush for 400 and something yards, you don't have to throw that much. But I think Refurio, they want to get uh, – you know, Ernest Campbell and Kai Whitmire involved because those are your two uh, speedsters. And, uh, you know, they're very difficult to cover one-on-one. And if you do try to bracket them, then you're opening it up for the running game. So uh, Shiner will have a real challenge uh, defending Refurio. Um, And uh, I know uh, this week the, the main focus for them was tackling because they felt like in that first game they didn't do a very good job of tackling, so they focused a lot on that. Flipping the script, uh, Coach Herring knows that uh, he's seen what Dalton Brooks can do. He saw it last year right here at Memorial Stadium, 300-plus yards. I mean, just went off. Uh, so that's, you know, his challenge is to keep them, uh, you know, in the first game he rushed for 163 yards and two touchdowns. But that was enough to where Refurio could overcome it. So just really these two teams, I mean, let's face it, when we started the season, what do we we talked about it? This is probably gonna happen. And it is. Here it is here now. And uh you know, and probably what we should mention is whoever uh wins this game can't go uh, you know, rest on its laurels because uh Either Timpson or Cooper is waiting in the wings, and both of those teams are undefeated. Yeah, this uh, and I think both of these teams are built for for those that moment. I mean, neither team will sit there and and be too high or too low, or they, they won't be too high after after this win. You know, it's not going to be it's going to be exciting. It's going to be great, but. You know they're gonna know that there's work to be done, and that they're gonna have to go out and get ready for Timpson, Cooper, whoever it is. And you know Shiner faced Timpson last year. They know they know what to expect, and that Timpson team is certainly a lot better. And Cooper, if they beat Timpson, then you know you've got a problem because it, Timpson's kind of the Timpson and Shiner are certainly the high watermark in the in Class Two A Division One, and I think. The thing that's really interesting uh, is going to be Dalton Brooks. I mean, he know he, you don't have to tell him. He knows that his his high school career is walking a tightrope right now with, with with it being the playoffs and win or go home. But I think he's the kind of kid, and, and he loves that kind of pressure, and he can certainly step up and change a game when, when needed. I mean, he wasn't down. He wasn't necessarily down after. After that loss, he understood there was work that needed to be done. They went out, they did it, and here they are again. He's got a second chance. I, I, I'm really interested to see how Brooks does and how Refurio is able to contain him. We have a state championship game this week, Mike. Taps Division Four. Shiner St. Paul eight and four taking on Lubbock Christian, who's eleven and one. Noon on Saturday at Waco ISD Stadium. Our good friend Kevin Allstrom, he's going to cover that. St. Paul, how about the Cardinals? They the the way that they have gone about it. They played a tough schedule. They they lost to uh, Flatonia, Bernie Geneva, 
Holy Cross, Munster Sacred Heart, who they just beat last week. This, I mean, you, you got to give all the credit to head coach Jake Walksmith and, and, and that staff at St. Paul because they could have easily just said, hey, you know, this was a good year. We're not going to, you know, we're, we're going to push, but, you know, whatever. They, they could have easily just kind of sat back and, and been okay. No. They went, they played those games. Here they are. They've got a chance to win a fifth consecutive state title, and that that would be impressive. The thing for them and Kevin Allstrom in his – in his advance, he mentioned that the rhythm was found in that non-district schedule, and that's going to be big for them because we know what we know what St. Paul likes to do. They like to run the ball. They like to control the game. That's going to be big against. Um, that's going to be big in Lubbock Christian. They beat Munster Sacred Heart thirty-four to twenty-eight. So they're. I mean, hey, that's what you want. Best on best in the state championship. So St. Paul, they're going to take on Lubbock Christian noon Saturday. Kevin Alstrom will have that for you. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to take a look back at our dark horses and how they fared after our episode, our first episode of the year. That coming up after this message from Thrivent Financial. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrick works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. Welcome back to The Grid. It's time to take a look back and see if we got things right or got things wrong because we know our lovely readers love to tell us whether we got something wrong or not. Mostly if we got it wrong. So we had, let me see, one, two, three, four, five. We had six teams that we said were dark horses to, to go push for a state championship. Uh, one of them was we were way off. We did not foresee this happening. Schulenberg uh, and, and that season they had. I mean, they were coming off a really good season, so all the signs were there that they could... They could certainly go and have a good season, but that's why you play the game. And Sometimes things don't always turn out the way they want. All right, Tidehaven, they're still playing. Edna, they're still playing. Ganado went to the regional semifinals. Industrial went to the regional semifinals. Bay City, they had a good year. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not the benchmark that Bay City is used to with its history, but an area-round appearance for them. Certainly good, Mike. You look at, you look at this, you evaluate it. I mean... For for Bay City and 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 for Edna and Tidehaven, all these all these teams except Schulenberg. I mean, how would you rate these years? This has to be successful anytime you play on into Thanksgiving or beyond. Or you know, it certainly is. It certainly feels like a successful season, doesn't it? Uh, there's no doubt uh, that, uh, of course, Tidehaven and Edna still playing. It, it's successful. Ganado made it to the regional semifinal, like you said. Industrial, after losing a ton of seniors, uh, goes to the regional semifinals. You look at who they lost to. 
Um, even before they played Lano, they lost to Shiner and they lost to Edna. That's it. I think uh, Coach Craig Nairn, his first year, did a really good job there. Uh, and he kind of spoke about that after the loss, you know, that these kids, they weren't going to settle. You know, people were saying this is a rebuilding year, but they weren't going to settle. And then you take Bay City, where Coach Robert Jones has been there now for a couple of years. I think he's got the turnaround in progress. You know, Bay City, of course, for me and a lot of other people, we remember all those great Bay City teams. And, you know, we were just so used to Bay City winning, and then things just went totally south. And uh, I think he's got them headed back in the right track. And, of course, Schulenberg, it turned out um, at one point this season they had only five seniors. So I think things there are, uh, for whoever comes in and is the new coach there, I think things are at least promising there. Um, you know, the realignment took them away from Refurio and Shiner, which is one of the reasons we thought maybe they might have a good season. But, uh, you know, um, they, you know, next year we'll see. But for the most part, I think we were pretty spot on with, with our dark horses. And of course, you know, the teams like, uh, Quero, Refurio and Shiner that we thought would be there and are. And, um, a couple of other things I wanted to mention. Uh, one is that uh, uh, Quero quarterback Mason Nataro was awarded uh, Mr. Texas Football for his performance against Sealy. That was announced, I believe uh, it was today. And then also um, a couple other players have been recognized, and that is Dalton Brooks and Ruben Owens, who are in the running. They're semifinalists for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award. So congratulations to those two. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens this week. I mean, we know we'll have at least one team in the semifinals. And uh, we could, you know, for all intents and purposes, we could have four. Yeah, that would be fun for scheduling. But you and I, you and I were talking about it. The way it's set up with uh, the 2A Division One and the 3A state championship games on Thursday. More than likely, we will see Thursday games next week, which that could that can make things a little bit easier for us should we be fortunate enough to get to cover those uh cover the state semifinals for uh four four teams or so. One thing we we need to say, coaches, please send us your all area nominations for football and volleyball. Volleyball we need classification, position, and all pertinent stats to the season. Football, we need uh, we need height, weight, classification, position, and as well, all pertinent stats. We will also have more on that for you uh, online at Advosports. You can go ahead and visit us at Advosports.com. Make sure you like, share this podcast with everybody else who needs to get the most in-depth sports information and news in the crossroads region you can get in touch with us through facebook twitter or email we want to know where you're watching games this week because there are plenty to go see facebook visit us at the victoria advocate page or the advo sports facebook page twitter our handle is advo sports tag us in any photos videos whatever you have from the games, and our email is sports at vicad.com. 
All right, that'll wrap it up for us. Hopefully next week we got plenty to talk about. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Grid. Yeah.